Well, hey, everybody. Hey, welcome to Online Church. My name is Jason Wolver. I'm the directing pastor here. And it's just great to be looking at God's word with you today. This is week four in this message series, Unleash. And we're talking about unleashing the power and love of Jesus in our lives and in our church and in our world through us and our prayer and our faith. So we're going to be continuing in Matthew chapter 8 today, looking at verses 23 through 27, if you'd like to pull that up on your smartphone or in your physical Bible. And let me just pray. God, Holy Spirit, come, move in us, move among us, no matter where we are, do your recreating, invigorating work. In Jesus' name, amen. So a couple weeks ago, uh, Pastor Megan and I and my wife, Janice, uh, traveled to Franklin, Tennessee for the New Room Conference. And this is something that is put on by Seedbed Publishing, which is out of Asbury Seminary. And we've gone for a few years now, and you've heard me tell about it. And it's such a great time of rejuvenation, of training in prayer and in ministry, and just getting filled up. And this year, it was great because our friend Krista Price, who is the new pastor at East Peoria, First United Methodist Church, she drove with us. We got there. We got to reconnect with Pastor Sarah and her husband, Pastor Gabe. A great time. Uh, this year, uh, I served on the prayer team for the conference. And so I got to get all the prayer team training uh, that Janice had already received and that we've been training people in our church how to use as well. So it's great to be able to participate in that and pray for many other people. Uh, a great event. And so when we were traveling there, we left the Tuesday before it started. It started on Wednesday. And I went with Janice and we picked up Pastor Megan and Pastor Krista at Megan's house about 2.30. And then we traveled and we got to Franklin, Tennessee about 10.30 that night in order to be ready for the conference to start on Wednesday. So on Friday, when we were getting ready to start traveling back, we were mapping out our course because we were going to drop off Pastor Krista in Effingham to meet up with her husband. And so as we were looking at Google Maps on our phones, we saw this is a seven-hour trip. How did it take us 10 hours on Tuesday when we were traveling down here? And Chris is like, I know, I was talking to Steve, and he's like, how did you guys not get there till 1030? And we're like, how did that happen? It was a seven-hour trip. It took us 10 hours. So we started going through our trip down to New Room. When I picked up Megan and Krista on the way out of town, we did stop at Taco Bell in Washington on the way to Kentucky. I mean, on the way to Tennessee. Of course, you've got to do that. I mean, you can't leave town without grabbing some nourishment. And so we did that. And then we stopped in Effingham and I filled up my tires a little bit because a couple of them were a little low. And then we stopped in Paducah to eat at the Mellow Mushroom. If you've never been there, very good. Kind of a psychedelic pizza place. Pretty cool. And I remembered, yeah, they kept refilling my cherry limeade. It was like a bottomless cherry limeade. And then because of that, I guess I did have to stop to go to the bathroom a couple of times between Paducah and Franklin. And so, yeah, I guess there was some time in there, but it still didn't add up to a 10-hour drive. And then we remembered it was raining all the way down. And because of the rainstorms, for most of the trip, we had to drive slower than we normally would. And I had to spend quite a bit of time behind semis just staying focused on their taillights. 
And so that slowed us down. And driving through storms does that, doesn't it? Storms can uh, derail our plans. They throw off our timelines. Storms can make it harder to see beyond what's just in front of us. Storms can make us tired. They can wear us down. Yes, for the last leg of the trip, I was very tired from driving in the rain. And even with Pastor Megan cranking her Kanye West and Justin Bieber a playlist from the back seat, I still had a hard time staying focused and alert. Um, storms, they can cause accidents if we're not careful. This is what storms do. And when we use the word storm, we're sometimes talking about physical conditions brought on by weather. Like we're talking about the tropical storms. And there have been many big tropical storms so far in the 2021 tropical storm season. But sometimes when we talk about storms, we're not talking about weather conditions. We're talking about the conditions of our lives, which bombard us, which make us feel overwhelmed. Uh, The last... uh, 18 months has just been a constant storm of conflict and division. And if you've been in any leadership position, you've had to deal with a constant storm of of criticism and division. There's also the storms of, of conflict in our workplaces. If you're in conflict with your boss or with someone that you manage, or if you're in conflict at home, you might have an emotional storm. It can wear you down. If you lose your job or your investments lose money and it causes financial stress, it might cause an emotional storm. And these storms can cause uh, spiritual storms. If someone gets sick and their health breaks down and you have to deal with the grief or loss that can cause a spiritual emotional storm. And often when we experience one kind of storm, then we get other storms that land on top of it. Doesn't it seem so? This is where the old saying comes from, when it rains, it pours. And although the storms we drove through on the way to New Room were relatively minor compared to some of the storms that you might be going through in your life, a lot of the same things happen. When we experience these storms in life, it can wear us down. It can zap our energy, just make it hard to keep moving. When we go through storms, it throws off our timetables. It can throw off our plans. When we're going through storms, it's hard to see beyond what's right in front of us. We can't see how it's going to pan out. And when we go through storms, it just is exhausting, and it can cause us harm if we don't navigate them successfully. So if you remember where we left off last week, we saw a very exciting Saturday in the life of Jesus. On Saturday morning, he had preached at a synagogue in Capernaum. As he was doing that, someone who was demon-possessed confronted him, so he cast the demon out of that guy, and then afterwards, people were amazed, and then he went to Peter's house for lunch, He healed Peter's mother-in-law of a fever. She got up, began serving him. And then later in the day, news had spread throughout Galilee, and people brought all these demon-possessed and sick people to Jesus, and he healed them all. And then people were still hanging around. He realized that him and his disciples weren't going to get any rest, so they decided to get in the boat and just head off across the Sea of Galilee to find somewhere else to rest that night. Now that's where we pick up. And Jesus is getting in the boat, and as they get in the boat and they start traveling, they hit a great storm. Look at what it says, beginning at verse 23. It says, 
And when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea, so that the boat was being swamped by the waves. But he was asleep. And they went and woke him and said, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. And he said to them, Why are you afraid, O you of little faith? Then he rose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, What sort of man is this? Even the winds and the sea obey him. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now, in this story, this historical story about Jesus calming this storm, we see four important reminders, things that we need to hold on to when we are going through storms in our life. And if you're going through a storm right now, maybe God gave this message with you in mind, things for you to cling to. Or if you know someone that is, these are things you might want to encourage them with. Or you might want to just keep them tucked away if your life is going well, because be assured, storms will come in your life, if not today, in the future. So the first thing we see that we're to remember, it's the most obvious thing. And that is we need to remember Jesus's power in the storms. We need to remember his power when we're going through storms. Now, whenever we read a passage of scripture, we need to always ask the question, why is this story included in the Bible? What is the main thing that the author wanted to communicate to the reader about God or about Jesus? And in this passage, what the main point Matthew is trying to communicate is very obvious. It's found in verses 26 and 27, where it says, Then he rose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm, and the men marveled, saying, What sort of man is this? Even the wind and the seas obey him. The main point is that Jesus has power over nature. So in Matthew chapter 8, it's very very clear that Matthew is establishing the power that Jesus has over various things. It starts with him demonstrating his power over sickness and disease as he cures people. He's teaching us that Jesus has power over sickness. And then when he casts the demons out of all the people, Matthew is establishing, yes, Jesus has power over Satan and over demons. So now he's showing that Jesus also has power over nature, over storms, over all creation. He's showing the greatness of the power of Jesus. And this story demonstrates it. Now, this story also ties into the Old Testament story of Noah in many really fascinating ways. And you can see how the Old Testament and the New Testament tie together. And we're not going to go into all of those, but if you ever want to hear about all of those, you can go back and listen to my 2018 message series about Jonah called The God Who Pursues. And we went through Jonah verse by verse. But it, back during that time, one of the mega themes we learned about the book of Jonah is that it shows that God is sovereign over nature. It's one of the main things that Jonah communicates. And so in the book of Jonah, we see Jonah run from God, and then he gets on this ship and says, God hurls a great storm after Jonah. God does that. He has power to produce a storm. 
And then when they threw Jonah overboard, the storm calmed down. God has power to calm storms. And then God appointed a great fish to swallow Jonah, to keep him from drowning. And then God caused the fish to burp up Jonah on the shore. He saved Jonah through a fish. And then uh, Jonah went and preached in Nineveh. And then as he was sitting, watching uh, Nineveh not be destroyed because they repented, God was dealing with his attitude toward the Ninevites because he wasn't happy that they weren't destroyed. And so then God caused this plant to grow. It says that he caused this plant to grow over Jonah to give Jonah shade as he looked on Nineveh. And then God caused a worm to eat the plant to make it, to make it die, which made Jonah mad. And then God caused a great heat wind to come and zap Jonah's strength. And he was trying to teach Jonah that Jonah was going to get so upset about this plant that gave him shade and losing that. Should God not care so much more about the people of Nineveh? If God, if Jonah cares so much about the plant, shouldn't God, uh, Jonah be understanding that God cares so much more about the people of Nineveh that were spared? And so now this story shows this mind-blowing point that Jesus is the God of Jonah. <laughs> I mean, it's really crazy that Jesus is the God who has power over storms. Jesus is the one who can make storms calm down. Jesus is God over nature. Jesus is the Son of God through whom heaven and earth were created. And to this day, Jesus can create or uncreate. He can cause a storm. He can calm a storm. He has absolute power. And when the circumstances of our life feel out of control, we need to remember that Jesus is still in control. The one who died for your sins is still the most powerful person. He's still creator God over all the universe. Your friend, your savior, Jesus, he's got all the power. And this is what it's showing. So a second thing we need to remember, we need to remember Jesus' power when we're going through storms. Second, we need to remember Jesus' posture when we're in the storms. Look at verse 24. It says, behold, there arose a great storm on the sea, so the boat was being swamped by water, but he was asleep. How could Jesus sleep through this storm? Was he just a very deep sleeper? And like it didn't matter, even if he was covered in water, he was asleep? No, the reason he was able to sleep is because he was absolutely unafraid. And we need to remember that when we are going through great storms in life, when things are crashing in and it feels like we're going to drown, that Jesus is completely calm. Jesus is not perturbed. God is not surprised by anything that happens to you or happens to me. And this is just part of being God. And one of the attributes of God is that he is omniscient. He is all-knowing. Before he created the world, he knew how things would play out. It says in Isaiah 46 verse 10, God says, I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning. And from ancient time, things not yet done. God can't help but know the future. And so when you feel surprised, we need to remember that God is not surprised. And even though God doesn't cause all the storms that you experience, or most of the storms you experience, right? God 
does know how he's going to lead you through it safely. God does know, and he is not alarmed. Sometimes when I'm going through a very chaotic time, I will remember this passage, and I will repeat to myself these words. In my chaos, God is calm. In my chaos, God is calm. God is always at rest. God is always at peace. God is always unsurprised. God is always unperturbed. And he knew that the pandemic would hit in the year 2020 before he even created the earth. And he knew how he was going to lead you through the pandemic. He knew how he was going to lead our church through it. No matter what happens in your life, God is not caught off guard. He is calm and he knows how he's going to get you through it. We need to remember when the storms hit, the power of Jesus. We need to remember the posture of Jesus. And number three, we need to remember Jesus's purpose in the storm. When we were at the New Room Conference, one of the messages that we, we heard over and over again was that the pandemic has not ravaged the church. Yes, church attendance is cut in half all over, all over the globe. That did happen. But they kept saying the church has not been ravaged by the pandemic. Rather, the pandemic exposed what was always there <laughs> under the surface. It showed what was really going on. Yes, the way people have acted during the pandemic, well, that's what was always under the surface. How deep their faith was, it was always that deep, but the pandemic just exposed it. It brought it to the surface. And it says in verses 25 and 26, when they woke him up, they said this, save us, Lord, we are perishing. And Jesus said, why are you afraid? O you of little faith. Now, none of us could accuse the disciples of having only a little bit of faith, right? We can't judge them for being afraid and for them getting labeled people of little faith. I mean, these disciples had left everything to follow Jesus. They left families. They left careers. They, they believed that Jesus had power over sickness. They'd seen him do that multiple times. They believed that Jesus had power over Satan. They'd seen him cast out demons. They'd seen those things enough times that they knew he could control those things. But the storm exposes where their faith was little, where it was undeveloped. It exposed that they were still afraid to die, and it exposed that they didn't think he had power over circumstances. And so he was training these guys. He was going to send them out to preach, and they were going to get great flack for it. Some of them would die for it for preaching about Jesus. He needed them to see where their faith currently was so it could grow, so their spiritual muscles could get fully trained and fully developed. And so the storms, they expose where our faith is, not so we can feel shame, but so that we can grow. And then as we trust and persevere, then our muscles grow strong. There's this passage in James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, which uh, talks about this, this training program that God has us on to make our faith and our character strong and mature. It says in James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. 
For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be mature and complete, lacking nothing. So in the storms, our faith is exposed for its current level. Not so we can feel inadequate or shamed, but so that we can learn to trust God in circumstances just like that. So if you're going through a storm right now, you literally may have no idea how God is going to get you through it. Maybe it's a relationship conflict. Maybe it's a financial conflict. Maybe it's a fear issue. Maybe it's a health situation. You literally can't see past what's right in front of you. You can't imagine how God is going to work it together for your good. Here's what I want to tell you. You don't have to know. It's not your job to know how God's going to lead you through it. And you're not shamed because you don't know. But you're invited to trust him. You're invited to trust that he will, even though you don't know how he will. And this is where he's always at when we're going through hard times and we're afraid. He's inviting us to trust him in this new uncertain situation, in this new thing where we feel inadequate. He's always saying to us, don't be afraid, just trust me. Don't be afraid. I can even get you through this. I will get you through this. So the purpose of storms, not that God causes them, but that God allows them, is because they show us where our faith is, where we need to grow, because it's when we grow strong, we learn to live without fear. And I will tell you this, God's desire is that you live without fear. He wants you to live without fear of death, fear of failure, fear of not having enough, fear of anything. He wants you to trust him completely. It is God's will that you learn to trust him completely. Finally, when you're going through a storm, remember Jesus's promise in the storm. Remember his power in the storm. Remember his posture in the storm. Remember his purpose in the storm to help you grow. And remember his promise. Look what it says in verse 25. The way this is worded, it really struck me. It says, they went and woke him saying, save us, Lord, we are perishing. Now the Greek word translated perishing is the word apolomai, and it means to kill or to destroy. It's the word used in John chapter 10, verse 10, where it says that Satan came to steal and kill and destroy. But there's another place we see this word, apolomai. It's the word perish that we see in a very famous passage of scripture. And beyond the Lord's prayer, it's probably the most famous passage of scripture. Say it with me if you know it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him would not perish. Save us, Lord, we're going to perish. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him would not perish. Jesus, we're going to perish. Jesus says, nope, not on my watch. Trust me. No one who trusts in me will ever perish. Even if they keep, even if they die, they just keep on living. Satan tries to make people perish. Jesus died so that we would never perish, but have everlasting life. He says, if you keep trusting me, you will never perish. I want to say this to you today. Trust Jesus. You will never perish. 
You will persevere. You will live. You will get stronger. Not even death can make you perish. I mean, Jesus redeemed the worst thing that could ever happen to us by making it the best thing that could ever happen to us. The worst thing that could happen is that we die. He says, well, if you die, you just get an imperishable glorified body that will never perish, spoil, or fade. He even made the worst thing that could happen to us the best thing that could happen to us. We die only to grow stronger and live forever with him. So friend, if you're in the middle of a storm right now, if you're just getting prepared to go into a storm and you don't even know it, if you know someone's in a storm, keep these principles in mind. Remember the power of Jesus in the storm. He is in control. He is on the seat. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. Remember the posture of Jesus. In your chaos, he is calm. And through connecting with him, you can have the peace that passes understanding. Remember the purpose of Jesus. When your faith is exposed as weak, as fearful, it's a chance for you to grow through trusting him and persevering. And remember the promise of Jesus. You will not perish. You will persevere. You will live forever. Believe it. This is biblical truth. Let's pray. God, I just pray for everyone right now. I pray that you will help us all in the storms that we're going through to trust you. Lord, if there's someone here, Lord, who feels like everything is caving in, that they're drowning, Lord, I pray that they would look at you, see your eyes of love. They would look at you who is at peace. They would look at you who knows exactly how you're going to get them through this and how you're going to strengthen them through this. Let them fix their eyes on you. And as they look at you, look at them and send your peace and your love to them. And now, Lord, we pray together that prayer that you taught us as we say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, Deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to Online Church today. We'll see you next time. Thank you for your tithes and offerings. You guys, okay. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Be sure to subscribe so that you can be notified of our most recent content. If you have any comments or questions for us, feel free to jump over to WashingtonCrossroads.com. Thank you again and have a great week.